0: Hello and welcome to another episode of a Brothers Creed Podcast. We're talking about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Ethan, and I'm Jared. And today we're
1: talking about an interesting topic a lot of people haven't heard about, and that is micronations and national sovereignty. Uh, there is a ever growing movement out there that's actually started back in like the as far as it goes like the 50s and 60s, uh, but of people who claim their own sovereignty of over their own a piece of land, or they they claim that they are the president of their own country, and they'll mint, De- declare independence. They'll mint coins, and they'll do stamps. Everybody does stamps. I don't know why they do stamps. That's like a, that's what makes you a legitimate country. I was like, I feel like having tanks makes you more legitimate than stamps. <laughs> but then I guess you'd be a threat, more or a threat to the actual government you're under. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about some of these micro countries. Some of them are were just kind of hobby micro countries. Some of them are more serious. Uh, some of them are outrightly bizarre and I, will sh- I have one that's so extreme uh, that uh, th- th- well, I almost have to put a parental warning on this episode because of it <laughs> so it'll, right. be, it'll be interesting okay let's get into it Spartans what is your profession
0: any man who must say I am the king is no true king what I do have have a very particular set of skills skills that make me a nightmare
1: if i can change and you can change everybody can change let us all unite let us fight
0: for a new world a decent world all right so first i want to start off before I kind of get into some of this uh sovereign citizen movement um is I really want to just, maybe let's define for a second. What is a country? A
1: country? Let's see. Is it? I would think that you have to have some type of a, a constitution or some type of legal structure to your uh, your country. And then you have to have um, some type of land. Usually most of these micro-countries yeah. have a, uh, some type of land aspect to them. Yeah.
0: I mean, is it is it land? Is it uh, a group of people that are strong? Is it somebody that can defend that land? Is it an identity? Like is it Bachelor Nation? Yeah. (laughs) is Is it like? Is it just where you're born, or is it like? I mean, what really is a country? It's just it's this arbitrary thing that they draw these border lines around places that you declare this is ours, and if you come over the line, then we'll you know we'll fight we'll fight about it. Yeah and it's like who really draws the boundaries of countries and it's just like well the 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 strongest people do and then Mm -hmm. if you look in the development of different countries and wars and everything else it's just really interesting how everything kind of unfolds and it's like okay well which country is the governing country over a group of people well is it just the ones with the biggest guns and the the most tanks or is it the people who you know if you're born into a country are you just Automatically subject to the rules of that country just because they're being forced upon you because you were born in that country. Yeah, so it's interesting. So that's kind of well, the... well,
1: it's kind of like what you think about right now. Right, right now, I'm part of Ukraine and like Crimea, like, and and from what I understand, in uh, the eastern part of Ukraine, a lot of these folks are Russian sympathizers, or you know, they're they're more of Russian. Nationalists and then in the eastern side, it's more of like Ukraine is an independent country because they're more like Europeans. Because Ukraine is that like that interesting spot between the west and the east, yeah. And so it's like between Europe well, and know, Russia, what, yeah. what exactly is, and especially when you get into like tribes and stuff like that. Like when we divvied up uh Iraq back in you know back in the day, we just said okay, this is going to be the border here, and like we drew the lines right through
0: uh tribes and stuff like that. Yeah, you're like, there's been tribes and factions of people that have maintained borderlines for thousands of years. And then we come in and just and draw just a line like, through oh, the yeah. sand and say, okay, this you is the You get fifty percent, you get fifty percent, you know?
1: Oh yeah, my neighbor, uh, who's helped with one episode before he helped with the uh, uh the famous underdog story, he's from Africa and he tells me about um his uh his his home country uh all the time and how there's so much corruption and how these lines were just drawn and, and, and split up families, split up tribes. It's just wild how how these lines can be drawn sometimes, just like gerrymandering. But also like how he's, he's saying the local chiefs of the tribes still hold so much power and authority, and, and the the government, which is basically run by France, they're kind of just like you know a, a figurehead. The, the, as the, long c- as you pay your taxes, I don't care what yeah, you do. Yeah. So. It's very interesting. We should have them on one more time and talk about African politics. It probably be like a four hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, you see on YouTube a
0: lot and on you know social media,s these people that get pulled over by the cops and they're like, "I'm a sovereign citizen. You're you don't have any jurisdiction over me." And I like, have the
1: right to travel. I don't have to show you yeah, my ID. Yeah,
0: you you don't have the right to impede on my my progression from state to state and or whatever. And uh, and then the cops just like,
1: yeah, no. It's like one of these guys again. Yeah, I I've never seen one of those guys actually win.
0: Yeah, I was gonna talk. I kind of talked about that at the at the end, but it's just this sovereign citizen movement. It's really kind of grouping of. uh, I would say it's most popular in um, America. I don't know if it's just because the the freedom that we possess, and we have the freedom of speech, and we have the freedom of of you know, religion and practice and different things like that, you know, protest and, and freedom to do different things. And so maybe people just
1: get more testy. Well, I've I heard know. that it all goes back to something called common law.
0: Yeah, it, it does. And, and and I was going to talk about that a little bit, that these people believe basically that they are not subject to the jurisdiction of, for example, let's talk, we're talking about the United States of, of a specific country, right? So it's a group of, they call themselves activists and commentators and, uh, tax protestists and somebody call them uh, some people call them conspiracy theorists as well and and um, there's they have all different types of uh, I guess ways of referring to them but there's people who who claim uh, to be answerable only to their uh, particular interpretations of common law and they're not subject to any government statutes or proceedings unless they consent to them and so that's their whole thing is that when I was born in the United States, I never consented to being a a uh, a citizen of the United States. It was just forced upon me. And so I never consented to being a citizen. So I am therefore I am a sovereign citizen. I'm claiming my own independence and I'm not subject to you. I'm subject to, uh, you know, Rome, the earth. I am an earth citizen. I
1: am subject to Rome, the earth freely um really i i I kind of understood it a little bit differently that there was like a set of common laws that like you have the right to uh move you have the right to um you know freedom of you know thought or freedom to make enterprise and like there's this common law set somewhere that I don't know where it is that the other these people were referring to almost in a, like a legal stance to say hey and, and I was under the only impression it was more of like they were referring to a set of rules that existed, not just necessarily what they felt those rules were. And then that they were like, so hey. I don't know if I don't know if
0: common law is specifically like a book of common law that's written. I mean there might be, but really what what they said, I guess in their own words is that they challenged the validity of kind of the contemporary legal system mm-hmm. and that they claim to answer only to God's law or to common law. And so, yeah. and maybe it's just kind of like that overarching, uh, you know, do unto others and the golden rule and the Ten Commandments, right? They they, they um, are subject to, to God's law and common law and not, uh, I guess, they're subject to how things were before governments existed. Um,
1: so I think where these people get in trouble a lot of times is like, they say, well, I have the right to, to, to move around. And so yeah. me, me driving in a car... That's not something that the government grants me the right to move. Yeah, like I that's that's an inalienable right that I have to is to move. And then the government's like, well, you have to have a license, and you have to have this, and you have to have that. Yeah, they're like they're like, nope, I can move whenever I want to. You yeah. can't tell me if I can't move or not.
0: I don't think it's particular, I, and, and I actually wrote down some different things, but um, uh, you know, th- disobeying some of these rules that are considered to be illegitimate in their minds, they regularly find themselves to be. Really in kind of what we said at the beginning, in conflict with law enforcement and police officers and even with judges, right? I've seen some people where, you know, guys, there's these old guy this this old guy who's in the back of a courtroom and he's getting fined or getting ready to get thrown in jail because he killed a a deer on his property without a hunting license and they're trying to throw him in jail. And he's like, I don't need your permission to hunt deer for my survival on my land that I purchased. And yeah. he's like, "What right do you have to tell me that I have to pay you to survive?" Yeah. And and it was like, "You're not providing it for me. You're not whatever." And so that's kind of one of thing. But so, some of the different situations. I, think I saw that one. Yeah, and so, old this old back. guy with a beard, he's and he's like,
1: <laughs> he's got like two or three wives. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's talking all like he's got a deep voice, he's and he's like, like <laughs> "You don't know." Tell. Yeah, he's talking all political, and, and like the judge is just like, "Sir, sir." According Jesus. to
0: the statute of the this and this and that, and he's yeah. just going into, it. so. Um, uh, a lot of different things that these people have is that they sit, state that the police have no jurisdiction over the over them being a sovereign citizen. So things like traffic laws, um, ref, they, a lot of times they refuse to get a driver's license. It's like you know you don't like you said you don't grant me permission to drive. I drive because I can. It's my right. It's my right as a human you, being. Yeah, to you move can't say to move around. Yeah, it's like you travel. Know, you, you can't stop me from going from one place to another. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know whatever. And another thing is, uh, oh, they're not not registering their cars, not carrying, uh, uh, not licensing their vehicles. Firearms, probably. Yeah, firearms. um, uh, A lot of times they do, um, they're resistant to taxes. Taxes, I'm sure. And it's it's really kind of interesting because how the government (laughs) is set up, they're really resistant to taxes. But how the law is written, and this is how they, I think it was Al Capone. I think they got him on tax evasion, didn't they? So, so basically, you cannot get arrested or go to prison because you cannot get arrested or go to prison for not paying your taxes. You get arrested or you can go to prison for not filing your taxes or for trying to evade taxes. So, if I file my taxes and they say that, oh, okay, well, Ethan, you owe me ten thousand dollars. And then I'll just say, okay, so you know I'll pay you back a dollar a month for the rest of my life. You know they might send it to collections, and they might, um, y- you know, destroy my credit or whatever else. But is
1: this legal advice? <laughs> just wondering because uh, yeah. I have yeah. to do my taxes this week. <laughs> I am not a financial advisor. I'm not a tax consultant. <laughs> um,
0: and so inter- that's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of, it's interesting how it's, how it's worded out. Well, so, we talked
1: about con men and how a lot of times they get on like mail fraud or these yeah. one off things because sometimes it's very hard to nail someone down. Yeah, that's what they got Al Capone on tax evasion because like he's getting all this income. Where's it coming from? Yeah. Well, and he it's must not, not that be it, paying taxes.
0: Yeah. So, um, and it was because he was lying. He was, fi- he was filing his taxes. He was just lying on them. And so, uh, basically to round it out, cops typically ignore the threats of, I'm a sovereign citizen, you know, I think it's a cool idea. And I, I I mean, I'm kind of inclined to be like, yeah, you know, like what gave them the right to, um, you know, basically control you. I mean, I paid for my, I, I, I didn't pay particularly, you know, for my children or my, my parents paid for my birth and, you know, they, they don't pay for my food. They don't whatever. I mean, maybe if you're on government assistance and you're receiving, you know, if they're basically supporting you in life, then yeah, maybe you you, you can uh, well, be subject to them. But yeah. courts, typically, I don't think there's been any of these situations that the sovereign citizen case has actually held up in court. Um, mostly, uh, w- one thing I will say, though, that was kind of interesting is that sovereign citizens, they consider... That the United States, it's like a, I guess is widespread belief that the, the, the government is just a corporation. It's mm-hmm. just a money-making machine. And that they're saying that you don't have the God-given right to just make me automatically an employee of your corporation was kind of an analogy that they were saying. They're saying, so I'm not subject to the larger government. The federal government, the, you know, a lot of times they do say the state governments, you know, that's a little bit different. There's, you know, I guess certain laws that they're more.
1: Yeah. Well, in certain states, aren't some states like a commonwealth, and then others are actual like states?
0: Yeah, I, I think
1: that's true. I, I there's actually some nuanced differences about what those mean.
0: So, last thing I will say to round that out is that um, a lot of times these sovereign citizens. They uh, might not get off for, you know, not having a license or this or that, but a lot of times they know the law. They're very studied in how the law should be and how officers and officials should act. And so they can, a lot of times they can quote you like, oh, this and this and this and this is part of the law or the constitution that says that you can't do this. And then it's like, it's kind of like a trump card in some cases. and, And it actually stays off some police officers because a lot of times there's been tons of things where police officers are like, Oh, he's a lawyer, you Counter know. To, yeah, and then, you know, I don't want to mess with him. And so they'll just kinda of give up sometimes. Which I don't think it's because 'cause they're a sovereign citizen. I think it's just because people a lot of times in order to claim sovereign citizenship, you probably have to be
1: learned in Yeah. A lot of the stuff well, I think, you know, I saw just I've seen so many videos of people like the cops just like walking in people's houses, opening doors and coming to people's houses and like, You can't be in my house without a warrant, you know? And it's like these rights that are in the constitution uh that is an abuse of authority it, it, and abuse of power completely. Yeah, like or, or right of habeas corpus like these things is like that we take so much for granted it's just like like my neighbor was saying that in Africa in some places he's like there is no habeas corpus when you get Explain arrested habeas corpus. habeas corpus is like you get the right to a fair trial and like they will tell you why you're arrested he's like they'll just arrest you for no reason for they won't even tell you what the reason is he said that one of his buddies got arrested uh, he spent like four years in jail and he had no idea why he was arrested. And then like four years in, uh, the guard came and said, hey, you can leave. And he said, can I ask why I was here? And he's like, do you want to stay longer? So he just left.
0: Oh, my gosh. So it's like and that is so corrupt. man.
1: Have, yeah. They're, they're, you have no idea. You just one day, you'll, one day you'll just be gone, you know? Yeah, that's messed it's like up. Like the Count of Monte Cristo or something, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: you it, you know, guilty until proven innocent. That's so exactly. backwards. That's exactly
1: how it is. That's what he says. Is that you have to the the proof of the burden of proof is on the person who is and being how accused. Can, and how can you prove that you didn't do anything if they're not even going to tell you what you did wrong? Yeah, exactly. Andy, that's messed up. It's tyrannical, man. Yeah, he was telling me about how messed up that. The whole thing is well, like I said, we have to have him on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's interesting the whole sovereign citizen thing. Well, that that's that's very interesting. But the micronations, yeah, how do micronations play into it? So micronations are actually they kind of overlap with that a little bit, but I would say only a little bit. Uh, micronations are like uh, people who want to just set up their own countries. Uh, or a lot of them can just be fictitious, kind of like role-playing type things. Although if you say that their they're thing is role-playing, they won't like that, but really that's kind of what it is. They have like conventions. And there's a, a, a span of these micro, micro-nations. Some of them are just absolutely ridiculous and some of them want to be taken more seriously. And so they'll send like emissaries from their micro nation to another micro nation and like there's like a conference in atlanta where they get together and they like talk about how great each other's countries are
0: well a lot of times with these uh with these micro nations they have like they have, like passport stamps yeah they you do. have to yep. you have to when you go into this country when you cross the street you know into this country they have like a little booth or something there and they say okay you you have now entered uh
1: thomaslandia <laughs> yeah, yeah you know exactly. and you're gonna get a brother's creed stamp on your passport yeah exactly do that a lot of these microcountries to to promote their legitimacy they will have their own currency uh which i think in the us it's it's legal to have your own currency um you can c- print your own currency as long as it's not trying to print us currency uh in fact there has been cases in the united states when people have done that they've printed their own currency the mormons did that uh, they printed yeah. their own currency
0: Well, and even think about you know like uh the coal mines and they were paid in in company currency. Oh, yeah, yeah. And th- that company currency was
1: only good where? At company the company store. store. Yeah. And so uh, they'll do their own currency. They'll do their own stamps, which I think is kind of stupid, especially now. But back in like the 90s and stuff, it, it was more legitimate. <laughs> there was one, uh, a guy said that he started his own country, Micronation. And he said that he would, <clears throat> his dad would send out postage stance with his own micro country postage on it and he said that one day there was like a confrontation in their front yard between the postage man and this guy's dad and he's like his dad would not accept the letter back because he said that the postage was legitimate and the guy was like you need to take this back this is not legitimate and then and he said my mom out of shame accepted the letter back (laughs) she was so embarrassed that she just accepted the letter back my dad was pissed (laughs) and so uh this is one of the ones i think it was in australia and they kind of passed it down, Um, but uh, yeah, so it started, they kind of started, came to prominence in the 1960s, and uh, two of the early ones that were really uh, interesting, one was called the Republic of Rose Island, and this was off the coast of Italy, Uh, that one was the 1968, and they've set it up and they declared their independence and the Italian government sent the Navy in there and blew it up. It was like a platform they had built. and <laughs> uh, Nope. Off the shore. and They were like, nope, this is done. So they went and demoed the whole thing. Uh, they, they destroyed it. So that one, the Italian government didn't take too kindly to that. The other one is a super interesting story. This is called, this is the story of Sealand. This one's off the coast of uh, Great Britain. And I know we both kind of did this one together. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a little bit more of the history. Uh, Maybe we can just both go back and forth and talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, from what I could read about it, uh, at the time, in the 1950s, uh, late, mid-1950s, in Great Britain, the only kinds of radio stations that could be broadcast were government radio stations. And so, there was a guy who wanted to uh, broadcast a pirate radio station is what they called it. uh, Or a um, a non-sanctioned radio station. And they wanted to do this from boats or offshore, out of the UK, so they couldn't be prosecuted. Uh, and you, they could reach up to as much as twenty percent of the population uh, with a new radio station. So it's you know it's the only commercial radio station out there, so it's pretty
0: popular. Yeah, they had kind of like uh, like draconian censorship on on uh, all radio stations. Yeah, and so, so they would go. Yeah go ahead so so basically uh, i guess uh, before, even before this a little bit of the history before this in in, in the um uh, the night the late or okay i guess that's kind of mid 50s um but basically during world war II uh, in the 1940s the nazis would fly air raids across the um i guess the english channel? the english channel and they would fly into uh london and they would bomb London. And so they were, I mean, devastating London and just the people there and the citizens. And so Germany, or I mean, not Germany, uh, uh, Britain, they commissioned to build these, uh, they were kind of these fortresses at sea. They, it was almost kind of like a big, uh, like an oil rig type thing. And they built these fortresses. They built like five or six of them all along the coast where these German... Um, Airplanes had to fly over in order to get to London, and they basically they were military bases, and they had huge anti-aircraft guns on them, and they had like two hundred men that would man these these. Uh, they were in the ocean; they were they were like seven mile, five seven miles off the coast in the water, and um, so there was like two hundred men on each one of these uh, f- these forts. And apparently, it was a pretty brutal existence. These men—I mean, it was just these tiny, tiny living quarters, and they were constantly on the watch for German uh, U-boats out there and um, aircrafts. And and there was people that they had tons of issues with soldiers committing suicide and different things on these on these forts mm. just because they were they were in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. and you were so isolated. The only way to get out there was by a boat, and. You're seven miles not you can just swim back. Um, and so after the war, these kind of became decommissioned forts, right? And they just sat there. They just sat abandoned. there for abandoned for years and years until the 1960s when um, they were just kind of old rusted out. you know they were just old and rusting and the, the British government hadn't done anything with them yet. And so they were just abandoned. and that's when we had talked you had mentioned the, these uh, radio um, hosts they started Pirate radio stations yeah they started uh basically broadcasting from these barges or these these forts that existed
1: out there because they weren't being bothered yeah because they were technically at the time in international waters well yeah i mean at the time but since then the 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 britain's uh sovereignty into the water has extended and so now it's actually included in uh, great yeah. britain's uh, yeah yeah Sovereignty. So, anyway, that's just like the tip of the iceberg here. Uh, so they uh, there was a guy who uh, really wanted to get on there, and um, first there was a guy named Jack Moore who got on there, and then another guy named Patty Roy uh, Bates. Uh, he kind of etched him out, and he 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 acquired the the structure from under Jack Moore.
0: So what's interesting about that too is that uh, so. Uh, this guy, Roy Bates, he was in uh, one of the forts and then this Jack Moore guy, he was in, a, he was in a different fort and uh, they were both radio broadcasts or whatever. And then the uh, Roy Bates guy, he wanted to like kind of take over that fort and claim it as his own. And so he was in like a legal battle with the government um, to take over this fort. And they were like, heck no, you're not going to do this or whatever else. And so, But he realized, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but he actually realized that the fort that um, Jack Moore was on was the only one of like the five or six that was actually outside. It was mistakenly built outside of British jurisdiction in international waters. And so they didn't have... Like, in any jurisdiction, in any jurisdiction over anyway. that. Yeah. And so, this, this, uh, Rob or this Roy Bates guy, he went over to Jack Moore's and was like, get out.
1: And he just, just like, he just kicked him out. He just forced him out. He just kicked him out. And He was like, oh, this really? is mine now. <laughs> and, uh, no, I didn't, uh, that's so funny. I didn't look into that part exactly. Yeah. And then, and then you just keep going with the story, I guess.
0: And then the story kind of builds for Roy Bates. And,
1: yeah. So, Roy Bates, you know, he, he actually sets up his, well, actually, he actually apparently didn't even get, that set up with his uh, radio station but he soon thereafter declared um that his country is Sealand and he started issuing passports and cur- I don't know if he did currency the principality of Sealand yeah and uh I don't know if he did currency I don't think he did <clears throat> and uh he, he, it's very very popular and he would uh one of the interesting stories that took place I don't, do you have anything in 1979, him and his wife went to the mainland for vacation. Do you have anything between that time?
0: Yeah, so I mean, he he kind of went back and forth with the uh, with the government, and he actually petitioned, he fought the uh, the the British or the, the the United Kingdom government to keep the fort, um, and uh, they actually uh, he actually won, and so they granted him. I guess, sovereignty over, over this, uh, this fort. Um, he had, uh, basically he had a lawyer friend that he, this is like the 1960s, right? So he had a lawyer friend that he went back and forth with, um, and because it was an in international waters, uh, that they, they declared the fort an independent country and he declared himself as prince and his wife as princess. <laughs> so,
1: and then I got some other stories, but so the one that happened in 1978 is, well, is uh, his him and his wife went to the mainland for vacation and left their son, Michael Roy, Michael Bates, yeah, on the platform to kind of protect the the house in the country. He was the only one there, only lone man. He's like home alone here. And apparently, there was a, an old business partner of um, uh, Mr. Bates, uh, Alexander uh, Archbach, and he had once been the prime minister of Sealand, but he had been exiled uh, because one of the things that he wanted to do was he wanted to start a casino on the Sealand. And Bates was like, nah, 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 nah. And then so they kind of had a a falling apart. And uh, he didn't take that too kindly. And so when he saw, when this uh, Alexander Arkbox saw saw that they left, he thought it was abandoned. He was going to retake it. He was going to storm the Sealand. And so he sent a bunch of uh, a handful of <laughs> this is something right out of SeaWorld, man. A handful of German and Dutch mercenaries on jet skis and jet and, and ski boats. <laughs> <laughs> you mean uh, WaterWorld? Well, oh yeah, WaterWorld. Waterworld. You said SeaWorld. Oh but yeah, I meant, WaterWorld. I meant but. WaterWorld. Yeah. Uh, so they went up on jet skis and uh, jet and ski boats to storm uh, and take over Sealand. And Michael, the son. He's there to defend it, and he literally uh, has a, a handful of ammo storage and some small arms there, and he defends off all of the mercenaries, and he captures Alexander uh, Arkbach, uh, and he holds him hostage. <laughs> and uh, the, what's what's crazy is that, uh, so his dad gets back, and they're like, well, what do we do with this? Alexander guy. He's he tried to. He's a traitor. He tried to overthrow uh, our 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 country, and so you know what do you usually do with traitors? Execute them. <laughs> but I don't think he wanted to do that. So what he did was he said, "Well, I'm going to hold you for ransom," <laughs> and so what happened was, uh, there was he said, "I'm going to hold you for ransom for thirty five thousand dollars," and the um, German two German diplomats. Uh, went over to meet with Bates on Sealand, which lends like so much credibility to the fact that he was his own sovereign nation. So like Alexander probably ha- they probably hated that to begin with, you know. And uh, after kind of talking with them, he eventually relented and he gave him thirty five thousand dollars. <laughs> I think he was in prison on Sealand for like three months. Yeah, he was in prison. He was being held like captive. Uh, and so they actually paid him the money, and the. I mean, there was obviously lots of people that were upset about that, but they couldn't do anything about it. So, because um, he was in international waters, and uh, and uh, the guy kind of swore to uh, avenge, you know, get get back at that Sealand. And it's interesting. You ever heard of the Panama Papers? No, it was something that came out. I think it was the last like five years or something like that. It was a bunch of papers out of Panama where bunch of these shell corporations had been opened up and all these you know corrupt politicians and stuff were opening up all these companies offshore and then they were funneling money laundering money through stuff anyway all these papers came out and one of the papers was that this guy Alexander Arkbach had set up a, a shell company so that he could try and like get at um Sealand, sea-land. and so he never it never was successful but that was his whole plan
0: so <clears throat> so Sealand today, is still a, a, a micronation. It's still a sovereign country. Um, and the, the, the there's two people that um, run Sealand currently, and it is uh, Prince Liam and Prince James, who are the grandsons of Roy. Um, and it was uh, his dad, uh, Liam's dad, that... Um, had defended the the place, and and it was interesting because he said that they they've had several instances where they've thrown like Molotov cocktails off of the barge, which is like I don't know, it's 80, like a, you know yes. it's like fifty feet above the water or something like that, and has pylons that drive down into the water. Uh, but throw my Molotov cocktails off into boats that are like trying to attack the, oh the thing. And it's just like, uh, and there was actually another. It's a very
1: good defensive position.
0: St- yeah, there, there was another story too about. Um, it was a, a, a different time that that same guy, Mike, this his uh, Roy's son, was on the ship by himself, and well, it's not technically a ship. It's or no, it was a no ship. Yeah, like it was like a platform. It's a yeah. It's like a it's a, a fort.
1: fort. It looks like basically two giant metal or two giant concrete pylons. Oh, well, like uh, pylons. Cylinders. 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 That are driven with into the like ground. like a platform just sitting on top of both yeah. of them. Yeah. That's what it looks like. And there's like a little building on top of the... Yeah.
0: And then actually inside both of those cylinders going down, uh-huh. there's like rooms all the way down below the, the water level. Oh. oh um, wow. I know that. Yeah. I watched a YouTube video on it. And uh, the, on this that same YouTube video, the, the son was telling a story. Uh, it was a, a different time when the dad was on the, the barge. He was on the fort by himself. And some people did come by helicopter and they were able to, uh, lowered, sent them down on the helicopter. It's they, it was like someone that he kind of knew, I guess it kind of tricked him, but he got there and there was like three, or four guys and they, uh, they captured Sealand. And so they put the dad in one of the, uh, like the rooms in the, in Sealand. And he was in there without food or water for like three days. And so finally, I guess uh, one of their um, uh, supply, one of the supply ships came and I don't know if he like escaped or he was able to get off somehow, but he was picked up by a fishing vessel. So he's able to get onto a fishing vessel and then made his way uh, back to England, hooked up with his dad, who was in England at the time, uh, off the the, off the off of Sealand. And his dad was like, oh, no. And so they got a bunch of their buddies together. One of the buddies was a, a helicopter, a stunt helicopter pilot. And so they took the doors off of his helicopter and they flew the helicopter out and they were all hanging off the helicopter and stuff and flew the helicopter out. And they, he kind of hovered down a couple of feet off the ground and everybody was jumping off the helicopter and they were going to take this, the, take Sea Land back. Right. And the dad uh, or. Uh, um. Mike, I think it was Mike his name. Mike Bates. Yeah. Mike Bates, the son, so, yeah, son. The, the, the son of the, the head guy, the dad of the boy that was I was watching that was telling the story. He was about our age. He was yeah. probably you know, late 20s, early 30s. And um, he said his his dad, uh, Mike Bates, jumped off the helicopter and he had a shotgun in his hand, a sawed-off shotgun, and he jumped off the helicopter and dropped the shotgun, and it shot, it was a double barrel shotgun, and it shot both of the shots off because he dropped it. And it was like... And and the helicopter flew off, and there was three guys that were on the on the the fort, and they heard the gunshots, and they all came out with their hands up, and
1: they're like, "We're done, you know, we surrender, we <laughs> surrender." Right, that's and uh, it's just like it's crazy. It's, well, when you're on your country, man, you got to be able to defend your country. Yeah, that's why I said earlier, I, th- I would I would have thought that an army is more important than bullshit stamps, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I was watching that thing, and what, and it was a guy that was taking a tour of the ship and kind of interviewing Liam, um, uh. Bates and, and it was interesting because he told the story of when they were they were invaded um they also have a they have a national football team right and they uh actually they said that there was one confrontation with the British Navy where they actually fired shots at the the British Navy ships like warning shots like across the bow of this Navy ship oh
1: I think I saw that he shot a flare at a Navy ship yeah or something like but that but he yeah. went to court and they were just like well happened in international waters nothing you can do about it yeah
0: um, So they were interviewing him and they were just kind of talking about... He, one of the questions he asked is, how do you guys make money, right? How do you, you know, whatever. And so they actually have a website uh, called sealandgov.org. And you can go on there. They sell trinkets and T-shirts and you can actually become... It's like 500 bucks and you can become like a Dutch and Duchess of Sealand. You buy, you get these certificates and stuff. Do you stuff have to pay taxes? That, Well, and then and set up by a corporation (laughs) there. So the next question he asked was, "Is this a tax save haven?" And um, he the the sons or the the Liam guy he said, "No, it's not because we have not been able to set up banking." Um, He said, "We can't, uh, we can't we can't be legitimized because the banks don't don't see us as like a legitimate country." And so I mean I guess technically if they were to make money within their own country and it's just their family thing they could just say that there's zero taxes. Yeah, right? And so he said we haven't figured that out yet. He said what they were trying to do, they have like solar panels and stuff on the sh- on the the fort now. Uh-huh. Um and they're they're trying to expand that and they're trying to get into cryptocurrencies because crypto mining. I, yeah, crypto mining and stuff like that because there's I guess there's different laws and stuff like that when you um when you're a sovereign country. Oh. And interesting. So just kinda interesting stuff. So go check go check out their website and, Yeah, that's and cool.
1: That is cool. Well we've got some other ones for you here. There's some other crazy ones. These are more like a lot of these micronations, they're not actually they're a little bit different from what we just described. They could just be like hobby micronations. Uh when this one guy was watching a video of the conference that they got together. And this girl's like, "This is my micronation." She like opens a a briefcase and there's like two rocks in it. She's like, "This is this is the country. This is the, this is I the land. That. I saw that. I saw that. And then she was like, "If you pay
0: me ten dollars, I will let you touch the tallest peak on my on my nation, which is like you touch like the you touch like the top of the the rock. highest little you know peak of the rock." Yeah. And you're like, "I've touched the highest
1: peak of this nation." You know? And you're like, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a ten dollars charge. What else can? I- <laughs> yeah. Seriously, uh, that is, it's so funny. It's almost like a. It reminds me of, like, a Flat Earth Conference or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and these guys are all eclectic. They all have, like, their, they look like something straight out of, like, The Dictator or, you know, th- <laughs> these guys have, like, their, they, what was that movie? Their Sasha, Sasha B- Bear B- Cohen, like. Yeah. Uh, they had their military garb on, all these medals and stuff, you know, that I'm sure are well-earned. <laughs> it's like, this is for a BB gun art, BB gun, uh, being able to shoot BB gun when I was a kid, and this is for this, you know? And anyway, there's one that uh, was called the Nation of Celestial Space. So the that was also called Celestia. Uh, it was basically comprised of all of outer space. This guy Magnin, uh, Mangan, he laid claim to, on behalf of humanity, all uh, to ensure that no one country would establish its political uh, like prowess in space. So he founded the first, and he. He claimed himself as the first representative uh, to be um, president of all of outer space, and uh, he registered his acquisition with the records of deeds and titles of Cook County uh, on January first, nineteen forty-nine. Uh, and it's at its foundation, the con- the the nation of Celestia claimed to have nineteen members, and now it has over nineteen thousand. So kind of interesting, but it's more of like a a political statement to just be like, "Oh, let's have peace," and a lot of them are like that. Some of them are, um, you know, kind of like we're like one of the ones I was watching. It. He was saying, "Oh, we're a nation that supports," you know, some guy in Australia. He's like, "We support uh, assisted suicide, we support uh, women's rights, we support, uh, you know, this and marijuana usage," and you know, it's kind of like what he wants to do. You know, maybe I don't know if he, I don't think he actually does it, but it's more just like a political statement. So I have one more unbelievably bizarre one, but I'll. You I've got a. First.
0: So I got kind of one of those. Uh, I mean, it's it's legitimate, right? But it's kind of like uh, satire, right? So there's this guy. Um, this is the the Republic of Malaysia, right? And so uh, the Republic of Malaysia is a micronation uh, that is placed on it's like two or three acres in uh, the middle of nowhere, uh, Nevada. And it's obviously surrounded by the United States is what he says. That's our neighboring country. <laughs> he's, he, he, he's like standing on his land. He's like our neighboring country, the United States, you know, <laughs> and uh, he, he says that it was it was founded in uh, May 26th, 1977, where uh, him as a 15 year old boy, and one of his friends created the Grand Republic of Voldstein. And they just like created this make believe country that he was the his friend was the king and he was the prime minister and and they would play this it was like their childhood like fantasy or something like that. Well, his yeah. his friend grew up or whatever and and went off or, moved and, on and, and, <laughs> with and life. so in nineteen and this guy kind of moved around the country but he 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 always kind of called I guess his home was was uh, was the Republic of Malaysia, but then he actually moved and settled down in one location. In 1998, and he actually obtained that land in, in Nevada and he legitimized the micronation
1: of Molossia. And okay, two point something acres in Nevada. I mean, that costs what, like $4,000? Yeah, in well, 1998, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah.
0: And literally, it's just like, it's all desert. Yeah. And uh, so he's he's actually built like all of these little uh shacks like there's a there's like a guard shack and there's a there's a jail and then there's a a a post office and there's a bank and there's like all these little they're like little like sheds yeah it's like a play town yeah it's like like a it's, it's almost like a play ghost town or something like that and all of his uh all of the the workers and his his uh you know the bank teller and the the guy who's running customs whatever they're mannequins <laughs> and um, so you know you you go in and you actually get your passport stamped and everything else. Um, and his name he, he goes by on his business card. It says uh, his excellent his excellency President Kevin Baugh mm. That's what it says on his business card. So um, that's a on mine too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you have to go through customs. All right, you have to get your your passport stamped and everything else. Um, it, it's he he admitted admittedly says that there is a certain level of satire that goes along with him creating this nation. Right. And he, some of the laws of this nation are like, uh, some of the crazy laws that exist around the United States. Like you can't ride a camel down main street or, you know, it's like he, he, he created this law that I guess he was supposed to be in some, I don't know if it was national geographic magazine or something like that, he was supposed to be, uh, they had written a whole article on him, but his article got bumped because, and they replaced it with an article about, uh, these guys in, in, I think it was in North Carolina that were the noodling catfish with their hands. Uh-huh. And so he has a rule now, a law in his micronation. that There's no catfish allowed <laughs> because, <laughs> because he was so upset that his article got bumped out of, out of the magazine. Um, so, he, they they live here. He he, he has a, a he wears his military uniform with his hat and it's got this big sash and he's got a whole chest full of medals and stuff yeah. and, um, I mean really nice guy from a couple of videos that I watched. But his basically he he's doing it. Um, he said he hates to wo- use the word hobby, but mm-hmm. it's a hobby. Right, it's something that he enjoys doing. It's kind of a lifestyle that he's created. His whole family is in on it.
1: I bet it's kind of a tourist his, attraction too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was him and his wife that started, and now there's there's thirty two citizens that live within not not live on the the property, but there's thirty two uh, citizens of of uh, the Republic of Malaysia, which are his family, his kids, his grandkids, and so it's you know grown, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um. But another funny thing is he you know he's got stands, everything else. One really interesting thing is that he actually has a currency and it is a printed currency. It's called the uh the Valora. And you know, you get these Valora dollars and everything else. But you know how like they used to have the gold standard of the, the dollar was backed by gold? Well, in the Republic of Malaysia, all money is backed by chocolate chip cookie dough. <laughs> and there's like a going weight for chocolate chip cookie dough that each one valora is backed by I don't know, it's like, you know, quarter pound of, of, <laughs> of chocolate chip cookie dough and so i, I was watching this one thing and these <laughs> these guys went there and just kind of were interviewing him it was like this news thing and they went to the store and they bought a whole cooler full of chocolate chip cookie dough and they took it to him and they like opened it up and it was just like it's like it was like 50 pounds of cookie dough and they and they were like we bring you treasure and it was just like funny <laughs> homage to the president yeah excellency <laughs> so that is a very uh Peaceful way. I mean, it's it is kind of just that 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 thing. I mean, I, I guess obviously he he still obeys the laws of the land, and it's it's more of that satire. But it's a legitimate micronation that he set up. I mean, it's legal. It's
1: it's what what makes it legal? Uh,
0: that he, I guess, claimed that it was. Now,
1: who uh, who has jurisdiction over that? I, I don't know. I, w- um, I would think that it's not legal at all. I think it's just like like if i'm i could say i'm president of my house it's like the government's like okay well you can say you're lord excellence of whatever you want but as long as you don't break our laws we're fine with whatever
0: yeah well i think i think legal in the sense of he's you know you you can declare it you can submit papers you can you know i, I don't know all of the 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 technical legalese that goes behind it. but
1: Yeah, I, I, found, I saw this one... Uh, and I don't think it would stand up in court. Yeah, but. yeah. I saw this one little tidbit, and it said, Micronations are distinct from secessionist movements. Micronations' activities are almost always trivial enough to be ignored rather than challenged by the established nations whose territories they claim. Several Micronations have issued coins, flags, postage stamps, passports, medals, and other state-related items often as a source of revenue. And so he's probably just not doing anything like it's like but it's not like the whole yet. southern
0: united states seceding from the union yeah they're exactly like, oh shoot okay. we
1: need all your taxes so yeah, we're exactly. gonna go get you back yeah and i think that's where one thing there, there was one that i was telling you about that one guy in australia and, and he set up a uh, micronation. he's like i'm not paying any taxes he had a ranch he's like, i'm not paying any taxes i'm not uh, uh he didn't take any benefits no he was a veteran he didn't take any veteran benefits and eventually the Tax man in 2020. Hmm. What was happening in 2020 in Australia? I wonder. Huh. Anyway, they came and took his land. So. They probably made him get vaccinated too. <laughs> probably so. Yeah, They forced it on him. Well, he I think he died and he let his son take over. He anointed his son to be next prime minister, so they probably uh, yeah. gave him the jab. Uh, but the last one here is so bizarre that this one deserves a parental warning. If there are any kids listening, you can just end now. So this one's called The Otherworld Kingdom. And you have no idea what's coming. Uh, It is a BDSM commercial femdom, femdom, so female female dominatrix uh, resort slash micronation. And this is in Czech Republic. So basically, it maintains its own currency, police force, passport, flags, state him, the whole nine. (laughs) At least it did. Established in 1996 by Queen Patricia, the 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 stated goal is to get is quote is the, what okay the state's goal quote is to get a man is to get as many male creatures under the unlimited rule of superior women on as many terri- on as much territory as possible hmm close quote <laughs> so you know obviously they it's a very dominatrix type of a a situation there <laughs> against men uh, and there are several. There are a series of different classes below the queen. So there's, uh, you know, this is a, a a class society. First, there is the sublime ladies or the lady citizens, and you have to have certain criteria to be lady citizen. One is, you have to be uh, uh, reach the age of consent. Uh, the uh, also the next one is the ownership of at least one male slave. So you have to have at least one male slave. Okay. Uh, you have to obey the principles and laws of O.W.K., which is uh, the other world kingdom. Uh, sending an applica- You have to send an application for the citizenship, and you have to spend at least five nights in the area of the Queen's Palace. Which, easy. Yeah, easy, except for you have to have a male slave. Also, <laughs> you have to be a woman. Uh, so the Queen's subjects... Then the next class is the Queen's subjects. So these are men who, are, who must obey the Queen's laws. Uh, they... Can pay taxes, uh, and they actually have the right to travel freely. They can own property. They can have children, and they can change employment as they as they want. And here's the kicker: they can they have the ability to state their his opinion. He can state his opinion. Oh, okay. So that is the queen subjects. Now the third class is the slave class. Now this was, and this is from there. This is was a male class. Who had forfeited all rights were pro- were property of the queen or sublime ladies and were considered to be on the level of a normal farm animal. And that's directly from their website. By the way, the website looks like something else yeah. right <laughs> of the like the 1990s. It looks <laughs> I was like you say, "How's that website?" Yeah, it's it's borderline shady, <laughs> <laughs> especially when you like. Uh, I didn't see any nudity, but I did look at the sublime ladies. like they had pictures of all the sublime ladies and the pictures were absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was hilarious. Uh, so on the level of farm animals. and the property itself is about seven and a half acres. There's a restaurant. There's, it's like on the cha- it's kind of like a chateau. It has two dungeons, uh, a horse trails stable. And it's located in the Czech Republic. I think they said it took about two million dollars to build, and in like the early two thousands, they tried to put it up for sale, but it hasn't sold. So they just continue to operate it. How many people are there? Um, I don't know. I it, it didn't say. But I, I that's mean, crazy. On the website, the Sublime Ladies. I mean, there's probably like fifteen. And well, it's. Not I mean,
0: th- if that's what you're into, I well. don't know. I mean, this. And, 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 and do you have to, if you go in there as a man, do you have to start at the slave class and then work your way up? Or is it all based on <laughs> on, on, on your dues, how much money you can afford for your dues? Well, I would imagine. That and why would
1: you subject yourself to something like that? Well, some guys like that, man. I guess that's true. Have you seen
0: those, like, YouTube videos of, like, people that play, like, dogs? Oh, yeah. And yeah, they, yeah. like, dress up. And have, yeah, they have, like, leashes and collars and stuff, and yeah. they, like, they just want to be some chicks. So those are or, some ladies' dog that like they walk around the park on their hands and knees and they're like
1: yeah, walking like dog. It's like, dude. It's funny. There's like this whole debate about furries, people who grudge up like furry dogs and then like BDSM dog people who want to be treated like dogs because those are to- t- apparently two totally different yeah. things. One is sexu- one is
0: sexualized and the other one is just
1: animalistic or something yeah, like but it, but it can be yeah. sexualized. I don't know. It's we should get a, <laughs> I was gonna say, we should get a furry. In the episode. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, maybe yeah, not. you should, you should call one of these, uh, one of these, uh, ladies, sublime of, ladies. Yeah. I was gonna say ladies of the night, but that's not right. <laughs> no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I uh, just wild. I, that, I saw on there. I was like, this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Um, so, hey, but if that's going to
0: happen anywhere in the world, it seems like the Czech Republic is going <laughs> to be
1: the perfect place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm sure that, uh, that would be an interesting place to go for the weekend, oh. yeah. But you know that there was a guy place. If there if there was a guy a guy place like this, oh dude, this place would be shut down in a, a second. Immediately. Well, I'm gonna go on record. That's because it probably wouldn't be like voluntary. It probably be like an actual yeah. sex slave. Well, and the thing situation. is, and the
0: thing is too, is that the men there. I mean, as a man, you could still f- probably physically overpower the women in general anyway. But, uh, and that's what? not a, that's not a
1: sexist quote. Well, that's what, just what, fact. What, what type of, well, you have to think what type of men are subjecting themselves. Well, to this I guess that's true,
0: <laughs> but I'm going to go on record and say this. I would much rather go visit Sealand than I would to go <laughs> yeah. visit this place. Yeah.
1: Or Mosslandia or whatever. Yeah. 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 Molassia, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Molossia, yeah. Molossia, yeah. So, yeah, that's funny. So anyway, th- these micro countries are so, are so crazy. There's so many of them. Uh, in fact, there's maybe one right around your corner. There's dozens in the United States mm-hmm. and all over the world. So,
0: yeah, there's even it, it's kind of interesting too, and, and we don't we don't have to get into it as well. But also looking up with this, I looked up how uh, like Indian reservations are kind of sovereign nations in and of themselves, um, but that is kind of different than this because they have been granted sovereignty from the federal government, and they have their own. Uh, uh, reservation police. They have their own judges. They have basically their they they are their own country, and they are not subject to the state jurisdiction at all. And only federal officers of uh, federal agencies can really have any jurisdiction on um on Indian land on Indian reservations. Hmm. And even with that, I guess there is just this. I mean, you've seen Yellowstone, right? Yeah. I mean, there's like massive clashes between uh uh federal police and uh like reservation police and livestock commission livestock commissioners <laughs> and there's and and the state police like people if if somebody's the state police or chasing somebody and they go into uh reservation territory your reservation territory it's like all this big you know switch over yeah and so it's it really interesting how that kind of all, all set up but uh maybe we'll go over that in a different
1: episode yeah i heard there's a new a new show coming out with uh is it Josh Drake J- is it Josh Brolin or Jason Jason Brolin, the guy who played Thanos? Uh,
0: Is it Josh Brolin? Josh
1: Brolin, yeah, yeah. He's k- kind of like the patriarch of a of a house. It's kind of like Yellowstone. It's on it's supposed to be on Amazon. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it'd be interesting to check out. It b- it basically seems like the same thing, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I so. watch it uh, anyway. Well, that was an episode. Uh, hopefully, you guys are interested. If you've never heard about Micronations, hopefully, you liked it. And uh, that's that's what we do. We explore new things, and we talk about different interesting things. I thought that, I think the story about Sealand is absolutely fascinating. Ethan, I'm sure you love the story about the other world. <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs>
0: so, all right. Well, th- this has been fun. Let's uh, let's build that creed together.
1: All right. Let's do it.